Do we know what happened? Dude, all I know is my shares are going up and I just bought like 20 more shares. All I know is that I think my shares just crashed. <laughs> when you bet against the kid, you wind up in the sea. But when you're riding waves, you're as happy as can be. I knew they would delay Wisconsin yesterday. And now <laughs> all I'm right, getting all paid. Right. Go, Shut up. Go, let's, get, let's start. Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on the 2020 presidential election, along with other earth-shattering events that should not be monetized. I'm David Reese, and I'm joined by Starley Kine. Hello, Starley. Hi. And John Kimball. Hi, John. Hey. Starley and John are getting the first exclusive look at my new plague mustache. That's right. I've decided to grow a mustache. This is my equivalent of the hang in there kitty cat. We call it the hang in there caterpillar. Things are are <laughs> awful uh, in all aspects of our lives, and so I've decided to grow a horribly ugly motivational mustache to remind me to keep hanging in there. Just as the kitty cat will never release its grip on that tree branch, this fuzzy caterpillar will never release its grip on my upper lip until such time as I deem it safe to go outdoors and and uh, restore myself. Your, your hair looks good, though. I'm so glad I got a haircut right before we went on that cruise, because yeah. if I hadn't, I would be even more depressed than I am now, because when my hair gets out of control, I get so depressed. But I had it cut really short right before John and I went to Fort Lauderdale, and I'm just so grateful for that. I just wish that I could go outside and people could see it, because it's peaking right now. You remember the first day of the cruise, David made fun of my hair, because it was already huge, and that was almost seven weeks ago right yeah but your hair looks great when your hair gets long it looks amazing yeah Mm. you don't even have gray hair man it's incredible it's like fleabag says hair is everything hair is everything i want you to know that we see your hair i am witnessing your hair peaking right now and And you're witnessing this mustache too i did not notice the mustache to to be honest (laughs) all right wow Okay, (laughs) okay did you see it starly Yes, I see everything. I see it I, now. My, I, uh, we logged on and I, I... didn't see it before. Sorry. I didn't consciously register. I knew something was different, but David's hair, honestly, looks so good right now that I thought he had somehow gotten a quarantine haircut. Yeah, it no. does I look good. I didn't understand what was happening. And so then, and then I did register the mustache, but I thought it was just you hadn't shaved in a few days, not that you were had made a decision. This is to a hang conscious decision. What I need to do in yeah. my life is make more active, deliberate decisions. That's the only way we're going to get through this. We're surrounded by death and indifference and cruelty and greed. And yet this little fuzzy caterpillar is not going to give up. So, on today's episode, we're going to discuss the Democratic primary in Wisconsin, which may or may not be happening at the time of this recording. We are going to talk about, of course, our bets of the week for next week. And most importantly, an Election Profit Makers exclusive, we have a extended, very frank discussion with a genuinely enthusiastic Joe Biden supporter. They said it couldn't be done. They said these people weren't out there, but we found one in the wild and we've interviewed him. We already did the interview. It's it's uh, eye opening, to say the least. And this isn't a joke. This is a real hardcore Joe Biden supporter. It's basically John's protege. Let's start with Wisconsin. So, John, as we were beginning just now recording, there was a lot of movement in this Wisconsin market about whether or not the Democratic primary will be held tomorrow, Tuesday. We're recording this on Monday. So by the time this episode comes out, we will know whether the primary was delayed or not. But I happen to have made a little bit of money just now, I'm very pleased to say. John, what's going on in Wisconsin? Well, uh, all I know is that what I had prepared to talk about was I was going to say that unless something drastic happens in the next several hours, the state of Wisconsin will hold its primary Tuesday in the middle of a pandemic that has seen 16 other states delay elections. And I had gone in and bought shares that it was still going to happen. And I see now that I am down about $50. So something drastic has occurred. What happened? So Wisconsin has a GOP-held state legislature, right? But a Democratic governor. And until a couple of weeks ago, the Democratic governor was agreeing with the GOP that, no, no, let's just hold the primary. You know, if people drop dead waiting in line, that's probably 
inspirational or something doesn't really concern us and then eventually the governor the democratic governor reversed and was like oh no wait what the fuck no we're canceling these primaries we need to postpone these elections yeah because all the, the GOP- all these mayors came out and and put pressure right. on him and said we can't do this and meanwhile you have poll workers it's something like 60 percent of the municipalities don't have enough poll workers to work in milwaukee normally there are 180 places for 300,000 registered voters. And on Tuesday, there will only be five polling places. But the GOP didn't want to postpone the election because there's a state Supreme Court seat that's coming up. And the GOP obviously love low voter turnout, right? Right. They 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 see this opportunity to take advantage of this chaos, particularly in cities where people are going to be afraid to go out and vote because they want to get this extra seat on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Vultures. Right now, the conservatives on the Supreme Court hold a five to two conservative lean, but the liberals were looking to cut that margin to four to three. And it's not looking like that's going to happen with uh, so much chaos. So that's why the Republicans want to go forth. Did the liberals have a good chance before this? Was it looking good for the liberals before the um, coronavirus? That's a good question, Starley. In fact, they did because, you know, we were looking at the Democratic primary going. So you were expecting to have a huge turnout for Democrats. And the Republicans were so worried they actually wanted to delay it. But since a coronavirus pandemic has occurred, they suddenly see this opportunity to to actually be able to win this seat. Is there a conspiracy theory going that the Republicans were so worried that they released the coronavirus to win this seat? I bet that exists somewhere on some message board. Probably somewhere. This market is going crazy right now. I was up and now I was down and now 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 I'm up again. Now I'm down again. Okay, so- John, you came on today prepared to give us a speech about your position and then something- in real time right now is happening. So what were, you, what were you going to say? Yeah. So to add confusion, last week there was a federal judge that had ruled that although he had no jurisdiction to delay the election, he was going to extend the deadline for receiving absentee ballots from April 7th to April 13th. This infuriated the Wisconsin Republicans because they don't like people to vote. So they have since gone to the U.S. Supreme Court to request that only absentee ballots received by April 7th be counted. But as of this taping, we have, I don't believe that the Supreme Court has even had a ruling on that, but apparently the governor has now come out and said that he is suspending all in-person voting for Tuesday's election. Wait, what? Whoa. Yes. Really? I'm up again. Well, yes. Well. <laughs> yes. And I'm up again. You're seeing your it go up on your screen right now? Yeah, David? yeah, yeah, yeah. 62. But keep going. Come does on. the governor 62. have the authority to do this? The argument was <laughs> that he didn't have the authority, but apparently he is doing it. Yeah, I hate that I'm losing money on this, but but I in some ways I can't lose because I think this is the thing that needed to happen because, yeah. I mean, not only do we want it not to go forward because I, I don't want the the Democrats to lose this seat. But really, you don't want tens and hundreds of thousands of people out voting in the middle of a pandemic. That's the biggest issue. No, here. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But the thing, one of the reasons that we wanted to talk about Wisconsin is a. I love Wisconsin. My dad was born in Manitowoc. I used to spend Christmases in Manitowoc. My uncle lives in Mequon. I love the buffet at the America Club in Sheboygan. One of my best friends is from Kenosha. Shout out to Manitowoc Cranes. I love Wisconsin. Plus cheese. I love cheese. But the other thing is the Wisconsin stuff just feels like a preview of what's going to come down as we get closer and closer to the general election, which I assume is going to be Republicans using the pandemic as a way to decrease voter turnout. Right, John? I mean, yeah, that's unfortunately exactly what's going to happen. In this case, it you know, you have to wrap your head around it. They would decrease voter turnout by insisting on having the election and simultaneously, you know, making it harder to have votes that are cast by mail or absentee counted. So it's kind of like, the, but I don't understand the logic of that, actually, because are the Republicans like, 
yeah, our old ass voters are just going to go stand in line because they value their lives less than Democratic voters? Or is it just the resources thing? It's not actually the issue of who is willing to stand in line and, and risk coming down with a fatal illness in order to cast their ballot more than it is. Everything is just going to be under serviced, under resourced, and that will affect urban places more. Is that what it is? Yes, that's that's exactly what it is. It's much right, easier okay. to go into a rural precinct and there'll be five or 10 people voting as opposed to when you go into an urban precinct, everyone is going to be jammed together and people will be scared of getting the virus. So they're not going to show up. Right. The, the reason the liberals had a chance before this happened was because there was going to be huge Democratic voter turnout. And now that it's not going to be a huge any kind of voter turnout. Yeah. I mean, they had more than a chance. They had a very good likelihood. I mean, Wisconsin is pretty evenly split. All of these state uh, Supreme Court races in the past have been very close. Uh, but I think the Democrats felt really confident that they were going to win, you know, this several months ago. So there are a couple other markets that we should mention when it comes to Wisconsin. One is the generic ballot market unpredicted. Which party will win Wisconsin in 2020? It's Democratic 56, Republican 43. That That is obviously not the same as how Biden and Trump are polling in Wisconsin. But when I pull a John Kimball and switch my tab over to RCP, Real Clear Politics, I see Biden up by Trump between two and three points in every major poll of Wisconsin. So maybe Wisconsin will go Democratic this year. But the reason why the state Supreme Court is so important and why the Republicans want to continue to build on their current lead is that the state Supreme Court will rule on challenges for things like purging hundreds of thousands of voters from the the voter rolls, which is what Wisconsin has been doing. So that's why the Republicans are so bent on getting this seat. And that's why Trump has come out and endorsed this, this conservative judge that's running. Because they know the best way to win Wisconsin is to keep voters from voting. Mm-hmm. The best way to win, that's, that, that's always their, their, their winning strategy. Thwart the voters. Right. Thwart the democratic process. Yeah, it's pretty depressing. And as, and it, as David said, it's going to be everywhere. It's it, that we do flatten the curve and things get better in June and July. It's likely that we're going to have a resurgence as we get into the colder months. And we may be heading into a second wave in, in October and November where we're dealing with all this once again. They're taking gerrymandering to a new level with this. Yeah. And that's another reason why the state Supreme Court is so important, because the Supreme Court has ruled that they're no longer going to get involved in these gerrymandering cases. Uh. So the Wisconsin Supreme Court will be ruling on uh, redistricting, which will be occurring after the 2020 census. So again, another reason why it's such an important, crucial race for the Democrats and for Republicans. So, So what's the status right now? What you're reading, what does it say? Will Wisconsin postpone its Democratic presidential primary is currently, as of this taping, as of this moment in this taping, trading at 66 cents, um, now 65. I mean, it's just... That it will happen? No, that it will be postponed. Postponement is at 65 cents. So, and the governor has come out and signed this executive order. He said, frankly, there's no good answer to this problem. I wish it were easy. I have been asking everyone to do their part to keep our families and neighbors safe, blah, 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 blah. But municipalities are consolidating polling locations and absent of legislative or court action, I cannot in good conscience stand by and do nothing. Bottom line is that I have an obligation to keep people safe and that's why I've signed this executive order today. Obviously, the Republicans are now gonna go to court to try to overturn this. So this this is... Well, this is a great opportunity to ride some waves, probably. It's going to be going up and down. (laughs) And I just want to issue our periodic disclaimer. We are not sociopaths. Yes. We're wave riders. We're wave riders. Um, I guess the only reason I can get halfway excited about Joe Biden, uh, and we'll see if our Biden enthusiast can convince me of other reasons, is that just just get people to the polls so that they can vote in these down ticket races. Like this state Supreme Court and stuff like that's the that's the nitty gritty stuff, man. You know, like 
And I think if you're Bernie and your whole brand is the Democratic establishment is a piece of shit and we need a revolution, people who go to the polls for Bernie might not vote for a state Supreme Court judge if they see a D by their name because they've been told the Democratic Party is hopelessly corrupt. And listen, there's a lot of douchebags and amoral people in that party who don't care about regular people. But on the other hand, like, you take the 30 seconds to just vote for the judges and stuff, man. You know, it's crazy because the Republicans controlling all these state legislatures, then they can pull shady shit like this Wisconsin stuff. Yeah. And it's how the system really never changes. Yeah. It's how it always comes down only a figurehead who makes speeches, but the day to day is business as usual. So, John, what do you think? By the time our listeners are listening to this, do you think Wisconsin will be having their primary? I think if this goes to the Wisconsin Supreme Court and they're the ones that make the decision, yes. They're going to hold the primary tomorrow and the GOP is going to get that state Supreme Court seat. Really? Really? I don't have any expertise in this, but this is my first thinking. They've got five to two conservative justices on that Supreme Court. And if they're going to act in a partisan way, which I'm sure, you know, we all know that courts don't do anything that's partisan, that- uh, Yeah, right. They're impartial. Yeah, they're totally impartial. So I would imagine that they are going to say, no, this has got to go ahead. (sighs) Okay. So let's say that they do go ahead. And by the time- our listeners are hearing this. People are, are lining up in surgical masks to cast their ballot. Joe Biden defeats Bernie Sanders in the Dem Wisconsin primary. There's no doubt about that. Does Bernie drop out tomorrow night? Because I still have my money on Bernie not dropping out. Okay. Well, I need to tell you that I bought shares that Bernie is going to drop out by Ooh. 420. And I Whoa. bought I bought them an hour ago. So I just got an alert, uh, an alert actually from one of our listeners who has a Twitter feed called PI Alerts, PI underscore alerts. And anytime there is a new market, this listener puts out a tweet Mm -hmm. saying that the one's out. And and of course, I got an alert on my phone saying that there was a new market for Bernie to drop out by April 20th. Good old 420. Marijuana reference. And I decided I'm going to jump in there and buy. And I bought that he will drop out. Yes. And I got 100 shares at 20 cents. So, what's it? What's the significance of 420 other than this? We know what significance of 420 is. Which actually, I do think if Bernie is going to drop out, he would. He would like to drop. Uh, out. He would like the poetry of dropping out in 420. But you have a ways to go still. Yeah, I don't know why that particular date was chosen. Uh, the, the it's pr- probably just because it's two weeks from four six, which is the date that was the most recent dropout right. market, which I made money on because, of course, Bernie did not drop out. Right, and I lost money on that. So. And yep. I continue to lose money on Bernie, but I, I, I'm, I, you know, I just keep thinking he's, he's got to do it eventually. He doesn't have to drop out. So April 29th is when we're supposed to all be self-quarantining. I don't think Bernie will drop out before that because while we're, while coronavirus quarantining is happening, he is using his campaign to raise money for foundations and to talk about how much Biden's dropping the ball and how much Trump's dropping the ball. So I still think he's staying until New York. But as the primaries get pushed further and further, I think at the very least he won't drop out until after the 29th. Here's the flip side that I worry about, though, Starley, and some have made this argument and, and it It makes sense to me that he could be losing power to negotiate um, his platform if he continues to get crushed going forward, that maybe there'd be more goodwill. Because Biden's people can be like, why should we listen to you? We just blew you out in Wisconsin or whatever. Right. That if he were to step out ahead of time, it you know would look a little more magnanimous. But I think we're right now we're we're not we're not dealing with a real timeline. And so if Biden mm-hmm. just sweeps another primary, that's already what's been happening. People are barely engaged in politics at all anymore right now during this, other than watching Cuomo and watching Trump's press conferences. So I think his argument is I am keeping the people politically engaged who would have dropped off by now. So I don't think in his mind he thinks he's losing any leverage. I don't think he's playing politics anymore. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. It's really hard to keep talking about Wisconsin because everything is so far up in the air. I guess what I would say is just like, this is a preview of what's going to happen in every state that's controlled by the GOP as the elections get closer and closer. A pandemic, not only great opportunity to do some insider trading. Thank you, North Carolina Senator Richard Burr. I hope everybody is still calling their senators, telling them to kick his cheating ass out. But it's also a great opportunity to suppress the vote, right? And continue the GOP stranglehold on uh, electoral 
policies in many, many different states. We should just assume that the people who in the best of times found the opportunity to do bad things, they're going to behave the same during a crisis. Yeah, That's right. a yeah, given. Yeah. They will still find they're not going to change. And right. so we can't be naive about that. And we have to try doubly hard to do good things during this. And that's this mustache. That's the mustache. I am so, so depressed about how we're all going to have to become election legal experts because that's all it's going to be. It's going to be just litigation, litigation, litigation in the coming months. It's going to be awful. But at least that seems like a practical thing that can be done. If you can actually figure out how to fight it with laws, it's possible to become an expert in that. It's not possible to change someone who has bad intentions into having good intentions. Yeah, that's true. If it's all about getting more knowledge, that actually is kind of the most hopeful thing I can imagine having to happen. I'm glad it's not that people have to become dumber. I feel dumber. So you're not <laughs> <laughs> John, turn your eyes upward and look at D David's mustache. Draw some strain from that mustache. Hanging on, hanging in there. Ladies and gentlemen, we're very excited. This has never happened before in the history of election profit makers. We have actually booked a superstar guest. This is someone that John and I have wanted to talk to for a very long time. He is a huge Joe Biden fan. He's a fascinating creature. According to Twitter, these folks do not exist, but we found one in the wild in his natural habitat in New York State, an undisclosed location. Please welcome to the podcast, Beckett. Hi, Beckett. Hi. Hello, everyone. Hey, Beckett. Wow, John's clapping for Beckett. John's been so excited <laughs> about this interview, and I know Beckett's been looking forward to talking to John. Yeah. Because this is like two centrist cops <laughs> about to pour water all over all these idealists and dreamers who thought a better world was possible, and they're like, no, we're just going <laughs> to grind this out. So, Beckett, why don't you start by telling us and our listeners a little bit about yourself and what got you into Joe Biden? Okay, so I'm 12 years old. My name is Beckett, as you already know. Uh, what got me into Joe Biden was I I think I just I think I just like agree with the centrist platform. I think he's a really good person. I I like doing a lot of research, and he just seems like the most electable candidate to defeat Donald Trump. So, someone like me. Is like uh, Biden's platform is not is not making my heart swell, um, mm. but when I look at the battleground state polling, he certainly does better against Trump than Bernie does. And I feel like we learned over the course of the primary that if Bernie was going to beat Trump, he was going to have to motivate a lot of young people and people who usually don't vote to come to the polls, and that didn't really happen. Mm -hmm. So my kind of reluctant support of Biden is like, yeah, he's the guy who can beat Trump. But you're sitting here saying that you actually like his platform. Now, that is a that's a pretty heavy statement. I mean, there are corners of Brooklyn where you would get run out of the you would get run out of the bar if you said you like Biden's platform. <laughs> yeah, so why I'm don't definitely we not allowed on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you tell us what you like about Biden's platform and explain its appeal to us? Uh, so if you actually look at his policies, his policies are a lot more liberal as many ex than a lot of people expect his pl uh, policies to be. He supports all the same things as uh, Bernie. He supports a public option, unlike Bernie's like Medicare for all, uh, which I support more just because I don't think I think it would be hard to do, especially with the GOP Senate to get a Medicare for all bill passed. So a lot of his policies are are liberal and they're kind of similar to Bernie's but just a little bit more moderate and I don't think a lot of Bernie's uh, policies would work that's why I I actually really enjoy Biden's uh, I, I really like Biden what what makes you personally like him so much he seems like a really nice guy in my opinion he I think he really cares about America and the Democratic Party itself so yeah have you have you always liked him uh, since I got into politics, yeah, I have. When did you get into politics, 12-year-old child? How many years ago? <laughs> uh, I probably got into it in the start of the Democratic. Well, I started becoming more aware during uh, the Trump presidency uh, because, you know, there was so much news and I found it interesting. But I've gotten really into politics uh, during the start of the Democratic 
uh, primary season. So Beckett, where where do you get most of your information? You're not on Twitter and and following that, but are, do you have some blogs that you go to? You go to Glenn Greenwald's blog or Matt Iglesias or basically what I rely on is there are some there's some YouTube people who just do like speculations on oh boy. 2020 election. Oh boy. <laughs> YouTube people doing speculations, that always ends well. Yeah, it always does. <laughs> Are they adults or 12-year-olds? They're uh, a lot of, one of the, like, yeah, most of them I watch are, like, teenagers, a little bit older than me. Uh, and also, I get it, I just look at predicted all the time, even though I'm not old enough to actually bet on anything. I just look at it and see what the numbers are looking like. Uh, and RCP averages and stuff, I look at polls a lot. <laughs> So as is the polling oh one of the biggest God. reasons that you believe that Biden is 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 perhaps the most electable when going up against Trump? Well, yes and no. Uh, I think just I think he just has more of an appeal than Bernie, not even looking at polls, but then looking at polls like especially exit polls of the Democratic primaries. He's pulling in a lot more like voters, especially African-American and uh, suburban educated white women who went for Trump in 2016 than Hillary was in the primaries. And they're both running against the same person. So I think it's a good model. But you liked him before you liked him before the he started sweeping, right? Like was yeah, he, he was your candidate oh. this whole time. Yeah. You I've liked Joe Biden before he was cool. Yeah. I mean basically. you're like the you're like <laughs> the original tween Joe Biden hipster. Right? Yep. You were into this like super esoteric unknown cool cutting edge politician that nobody else had heard of until super tuesday and then everyone was like whoa who's this guy joe biden and you're like yeah yeah man i was into biden for months before it was cool you like biden more than elizabeth warren i do really mm -hmm. i think she's uh definitely one of the smartest candidates if not the smartest but i do disagree with some of her policies but i do agree with her more than bernie but i still do uh, agree with Biden more than I agree with Elizabeth Warren. So let's talk about some of the biggest distinctions between Biden and Bernie. If you're on Twitter, you know that a lot of Bernie supporters may say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bernie's pushed Biden to the left and Biden has adapted some of Warren's policies, which I personally think is like, great. Mm -hmm. If someone's outflanking you on the left during a primary, maybe you'll have to take over some of their positions in order to appeal to their voters, which pushes the candidate to the left, which I like, right? Like Joe Biden's mm -hmm. platform now is definitely much more left-leaning than it would have been if he had run, say, 12 years ago. Definitely. But the big markers that a lot of people see between Biden and Bernie are student debt relief or slash forgiveness, just wipe out student debt because it's it's like dragging entire generation of people underwater. Mm -hmm. And then also Medicare for all versus a public option. Yeah. So do you not like those two policies of Bernie's because you disagree with them or because you just think they will never pass? So what's the point of having fights about them? Uh, yes, probably the latter. I, I definitely I don't think they'll pass. I think a progressive will not flip the Senate even if they do win the White House. So I just don't think it's realistic to expect these things. Hold on. You're saying the Republicans are going to hold on to the Senate this year? Uh, I think if a moderate wins, it could easily go 50-50 split. Uh, but I think I believe it's, oh God, what's his name, is running in Montana now, which puts Montana in play, which helps, but they're going to lose Alabama. But I think I think it could easily be 50-50 split, and then the vice president would uh, make the tiebreaker if it's 50-50. But yeah, I... I, I can't really see the Democrats getting more than like a 51-49 majority. But you think if, if, if Bernie were running that that it wouldn't be a 50-50 split? Yes. If you, see, if you saw in the 2018 midterms, uh, very few of the candidates that got elected were actually uh, were actually like in the progressive caucus of the party. Many of them were helped out by people like Biden uh, to win seats and take back the House of Representatives, which is super crucial. John, you might be out of a job. I'm sorry. I, I mean, he's killing Look, it. I mean, this is like having two there jobs. There's no lies it's, in this. It, I mean, it's uncanny. <laughs> Beckett, I have to ask you, what is your favorite skyline? Uh, What is my favorite skyline? <laughs> oh, probably just New York City, probably. But Safe choice. Centrist choice. Typical Biden supporter response. <laughs> There's two skylines in New York, though. Which one? I don't know. I the don't one do in the those. middle. <laughs> yeah. The one in Midtown that doesn't alienate anybody. It doesn't go to extremes. <laughs> Beckett, who, are, who do your parents like? 
Who do they support? Uh, they're Elizabeth Warren supporters. So was it pretty tense in the household when she was when she was in the running? Definitely at the end where she where I was reporting all these amazing Joe Biden numbers and my mom was upset. <laughs> Were you like, like I love you, Beckett. <laughs> I love it. Now all the heat is off of me. I can just you- sit back oh. and I can be all about Bernie. Right. Now yeah, John's Warren. gonna get super DSA. Yeah, exactly. We have our new cop. I love it. So as the primary went on, what happened in your household between your so, Warren supporting parents and you? So it got kind of rocky towards the end where after Super Tuesday, Biden even won her home state of Massachusetts, which is big because she was supposed to win that. And she just got completely killed. And I think it was a little tense because I was celebrating Joe Biden and they were grieving the loss of Elizabeth Warren. Were, were you lording it over your your victory over them? Or were you... Uh, I was trying to be as respectful as possible to there, but I, I couldn't help myself from being excited about Joe Biden. And those amazing Joe Biden numbers that we all that we all <laughs> yep. love so much. I, I, I was on my uh, computer upstairs and checking all the numbers and I would shout down to them, oh, Joe Biden just won Alabama by, you know, whatever, <laughs> many points. According to your dad, his one of his darkest moments as a father was when you were watching TV in the other room about the election and then you called out to him, hey, dad, who's James Carville? And you had found a new dad. Are you uh-huh. still a James Carville fan? Yeah, I kind of do like James Ugh. Carville. All right. I like his vibe. Wow. What do you like about his vibe? I I don't know. He's just a he's just another fellow moderate in my moderate party. <laughs> what about your peers? Are you do you have like a whole pack of 12-year-olds who are Biden's What she's asking or? is, do you have friends? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't well, I don't have it. Like I have one friend who's also into politics, not quite as much as me, but he does like politics. He he comes from a Bernie family, so he's a Bernie guy. Uh, we'd argue about that. I actually like debating him, but none of my other friends are really big into politics. They kind of like it, but not enough to like do big research on it. What do you feel when you see Bernie? Does he do anything for you? Like, do I do I like like him in any way? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, because a huge part isn't he isn't his whole appeal that he's speaking to the young people and he's saying you guys are doomed. Like, you're going to be crushed by student debt. You're going to be crushed by a capitalist system that's destroying the planet. It's basically going to be uninhabitable for you and your kids. You're going to be crushed by predatory financial practices that are just going to, like, chew you up and leave a desiccated husk on the barren landscape of of 21st century America. Like, he's going to be like, if Bernie was here... And he asked to come on, but we said, no, your numbers aren't great right now. We don't need you for this episode. But if Bernie was here, he'd be like, but Beckett, I'm doing all of this for people like you. What's wrong with you? This is for you, kid. That doesn't do anything for you? Uh, okay. In my in my opinion, <laughs> by, Bernie, I mean, was uh, born like 50 years too early. I think, yes, we do need his policies in the future, but I... I think he's a little bit before his time. I think right now we just need to revert the things that Trump has done and just make America stable, maybe lessen the divide between the two parties, try to get bipartisan things across. No, I'm out. I'm sorry. You had, I mean, I was willing to give you the benefit of the doubt, but you're talking about reaching out across the aisle to my old friend Mitch McConnell and coming up with common sense centrist solutions that benefit everybody. Beckett, that's never going to fucking happen. And anything that was to pass the Senate with strong bipartisan support would suck. Come on, man. Yeah. Okay. You can you can argue that, but also, <laughs> let's say the the Bernie won. Bernie some maybe Biden like died or something. He got Corona, and then Bernie got the nomination. Whoa. And he won the presidency. You can't just try to like jam things through congress and try to not compromise on anything because that's never gonna work as i said the senate probably won't flip if he if he uh wins the white house so nothing is gonna work if you can't compromise yes in the future we do need to not compromise and that day will come but right now i think we just need to work with others just reach out to the other side of the aisle look at john nodding his head over there what are you you (laughs) nodding about john no it's it it's not fun. I mean, it's it's not a sexy position to take, but I I relate to Beckett's position because 
We're in an emergency. This truly is an emergency. And we must win. Mm -hmm. We must win. We must win and beat Trump. Yeah. And if we believe that Biden is the most likely to do it, as Beckett does, and I do, even though I'm not a huge Biden fan, I think that's who we have to go with. Beckett, let me ask you a couple more questions about Biden. Have you seen him speak recently? Yeah, I think many people forget is that, yes, obviously he does have uh, his mental sharpness has definitely gone down, if you guys haven't noticed. <laughs> but I think he, I think he like, I just... He he's actually a very good one-on-one -on -one debater in my opinion. Did you see the the Bernie v Biden debate? He's actually very strong. He was good in that debate. That was a debate where he 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 he, he came back to life before now, his spirit to, left his body again. For good. <laughs> to be honest, living in his basement giving weird <laughs> weird like addresses to people You don't think that does are, wonders for your energy? <laughs> Yeah, that's why the numbers on Predict It for him plummeted. Now they're now they're rebounding a little bit. I checked this morning, but he uh it's just like yes, I think it spooked people. He's not he should, probably should try to take a better pass than weirdly standing in his low ceiling basement and like going on CNN and seeming weird and coughing a lot. Uh but Yes, I've seen him speak recently to answer your questions, but I don't think that takes away from his one-on-one -on -one debating skills. So once once again, you're taking the John Kimball position of like, none of these basement shows matter. It won't matter by November. Is that your position? Instead of the other people who are like, where's Joe Biden? Why is he cowering in his basement? We need leadership. He shouldn't, he, sh he should be out there slamming Donald Trump every day and like handing out respirators and stuff, building them with his 3D printer down in his basement. Cause you know, Joe Biden definitely knows how to work a 3D printer. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You think none of this stuff that I'm fixated on matters. Obviously John was wrong in the end of 2016 leading up to the like you know the tightening he said oh it doesn't matter obviously that wasn't right but it's so far away that if this was happening a month before the election obviously would be scared but right now it's too far away where i can't i can't say anything rock solid like oh this is gonna highly affect people i feel like this is when trump repeats what fox news has just told him like i think so i feel like some of this is from you listening to john on our podcast and now it's being reiterated back to us on our podcast beckett did john email yeah. or fax you his talking points and and will <laughs> and will the payment come via cryptocurrency or paypal once once you finished recording <laughs> and how much of his predicted winnings has he agreed to split with you uh 10 percent of all of <laughs> listeners should know that john and beckett's father and i have a text thread on our phones where we talk about politics and once every two weeks late in the evening we get a text from Sam that says, hi, guys, this is Beckett. I've taken my dad's phone. John, I'm looking at the latest numbers out of Michigan. Do you think blah, 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 blah. And then John and Beckett go at it back and forth for 20 minutes while I get a hernia rolling my eyes, you know, at these two guys talking about the amazing numbers and how must we, we must never dare to dream for anything better for ourselves or our children, because then the numbers will go down, the precious numbers. And then Beckett's dad finally takes his phone back. Or Beckett texts, I'm sorry, guys, my dad is mad. I have to give the phone back. Bye, John. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy I can actually talk to you guys in, besides having to, like, negotiate with my father on how much longer uh, I can have his phone for and text you guys. Be Beckett, there must be, like, so you were with Biden the entire time, be way before he... He was. He looked like he was gonna be the candidate. There was a, there was a lot of time, and it looked like why is he, when he came in fourth. Even before that, when he was really flailing in the debates, where it didn't seem like this guy. We were just. It just seemed like we were just letting him be in there out of respect. How did he? What I really, really want to know because you are you represent the Biden diehard voter. You didn't. You couldn't vote for him because you're too young. But I want to uh -huh. know what made it like your conviction so unshakable during. During the lean weeks leading up to him being the candidate, what is it you about know, him? I, it's just, it's hard to explain. But his like his kind of, I guess you could call it just like charmingness really calls to me. I think he has good ideas, and I've just liked him from the beginning. Uh, as just as he started running, like literally the weeks as he just started running, I was already into him. Yes, things got a little shaky for those weeks, and I even saw Michael Bloomberg as an alternative. But what? I, 
<laughs> yeah, Come I saw on. Michael Bloomberg oh. as an alternative. <laughs> get your parents, like, get your parents on the <laughs> <Yeah>. line. This <laughs> is. <laughs> Come on. This is this is rebellion. Yeah, this is straight this is up Alex rebellion. Alex P. Keaton, family yeah. ties. This is like, you're not evil, so you're not going to rebel against your Elizabeth Warren parents by joining the alt-right. But you're yeah. just bad enough that you'll consider Michael Bloomberg <laughs> as the Democratic nominee. I bet your parents loved that. <laughs> they, Beckett, you didn't consider Bloomberg for long, though, right? No, only for a couple weeks until... He Biden complete. He had a really good debate in South Carolina, and then completely knocked it out of the park in South Carolina, and then that revitalized his career or his primary career, I guess to say. But how could you, if you, how how could you, if you like Biden for the reasons you say you like Biden, how could you ever have considered Bloomberg other than was it just electability? Because there's nothing about Bloomberg that seems like a good man. Yeah, I didn't like him. I didn't. I didn't like him like personally at all. I didn't have the same kind of feeling for him as I did for Biden, but I think just on electability, like you said, was the reason that I was uh, in favor of him for the nominee. What about Mayor Pete? Why? Why did? Why did you like Biden more than Mayor Pete, who seemed like he had a chance and he was could not have been more centrist uh, and closer to your age? <laughs> Biden like four is years Biden, older than you. Biden is seventy-seven. He's sixty-five years yep. older than you. Yeah, I do, but I don't. Th- I don't take age as into big consideration when I'm talking about politics. Uh, he's actually in good physical health, not the best mental health. Uh, <laughs> he's in actually good physical health. I mean, Bernie had a heart attack a couple months ago, so he's not in the best physical health. Like, it's kind of a trade-off. He's in better mental health than Biden, but Biden's in better physical health than Bernie. But this is these are the wonderful calculations you're allowed to make when both of your parties final to. Uh, Potential nominees are in their mid seventies. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just Biden has always really called out to me. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, back it, sweet back it. It's me, Uncle Joe. I'm here for that centrism stuff that you love, and I know that I won't get too crazy or nice. We'll keep those kids <laughs> suffering. <laughs> All of the time. <laughs> that's that's how he calls out to you. Yeah. Beckett, what do you think of the younger generation of left-wing politicians like AOC and people like that? The people who share a lot of Bernie's positions and messages but are not having heart attacks. I think, yeah, I, gr- I think AOC is great. She could be a really amazing president someday. She's super smart. But I think for the time being, we need a moderate candidate as as our president. John has nodded most of the time we've been talking to Beckett it has been John in his square of Zoom nodding sagely to the words that Beckett is saying he's like, as he watches he's his like protege. My, yeah, exactly. The student yeah. has Look, become the I, master. I was, nodding about, mm-hmm. I was nodding about AOC. I think AOC is amazing and I think she will be, you know, a tour de force at some point. I was not nodding over Bloomberg. I was never ever on the Bloomberg train. Wow. But that's okay. Beckett and I don't agree on everything. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your other disagreements? Because from where I'm sitting, it's hard for me to even... Uh, he, I'm more of a diehard. Like, I actually genuinely like Biden. I right. think you just like him for the electability more. John's being Is more of right? a pragmatist. You're an, you're, <laughs> you're an idealist, but it's just that your ideal is... I love Joe Biden. He's the greatest. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> right. Is there like, what, can you, what, is there like a moment of Joe Biden's that you remember that really has stuck out to you to s- cement this love? Because something happened mm. that made you hold on and never let go. Oh, uh, God, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean. You're probably familiar with him because he was the vice president. Yeah, he was a familiar face. I learned more about him. I just. I really liked him. Uh, he just had a really, I think he's had a good career, you know, say what you want about his voting record. But I think he, he's always, he's, I think he's always stuck up for what he thinks is moderately right. <laughs> Beckett, I'm sorry to interrupt, but how can you say he's had a great career? Yeah, say what you will about his horrible voting record. I mean, you, how do you separate these two things? I mean, he's taken some awful votes, man. The bankruptcy bill. I mean, not even talking about the Anita Hill stuff and not even talking about the, the, the current sex assault allegation. 
I mean, yeah, I understand I, that for a lot of voters, including myself, it just comes down to I don't know, I just like them, and then you and then you backpedal and retrofit all these things to make it sound like you have a deeper argument than that. Okay, that happens to to a lot of people. But I have to say, and maybe it's just because I'm gonna, you know, be holding my nose when I vote for Biden in November. It's like. Dude, what are you talking about? His wonderful career, like wh- what? Do you, like what? Just being an affable fellow who was who was a charming vice president to like a once in a generation political talent, Barack Obama. Like, no, I think he just. I think he really cares about the Democratic Party, and I think he really cares. I think he's just he's a like he really cares about his supporters. I think he is a genuine guy. I just think his career. Yes, he has he has a bad voting record. I'll give you that. But I also think he has went back on a lot of this stuff that he's done before. And those things were like 30 years ago. You know, people change in 30 years. What do you think about that? Because a lot of the Bernie people I know, the people I know who support Bernie fervently, um, their whole thing is that Bernie ne- never changed. He always was on the right side of history. He everything he ever voted for was something they agreed with. And they're these weird. Their their kind of idealism is you have to check every single box of what they've ever believed in in order to be the candidate. And if you miss any of it, you they 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 they, they don't believe you care. And a lot of them tell me that Democrats they use that phrasing. They say Democrats do not care about people, which I find absurd. And so. If you were to try to convince someone who is a Bernie supporter, hopefully they'll vote for Biden, even though they don't want to. Like, what about him conveys to you that he cares about people? Uh, I disagree, I would say, to that person if I was trying to convince them to vote for Biden in November. You don't have to love him, but you have to understand the end goal is to be Trump. And just I think all they do is look at the negative things about Biden I look at a lot of the positive things about Bernie. I haven't even really done any research to try to like dig up dirt on Bernie. So I just think they only look at the bad things he's done and they don't actually see him as a real person. They see him as a like a contender against Bernie and then that of and that he like immediately makes them like the worst person ever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't like Biden because he's coming after their boy, Bernie. Yeah. I th- they didn't yeah, like I th- Warren either. Yeah, I mean, they actually liked her until she started distancing herself and then didn't endorse him. Yeah, I don't, they shouldn't be that angry. He has no chance winning anyway, really, so. So what are you going to be watching for in the coming months when it comes to this election? What is going to make you feel optimistic about Biden? And what is going to make you feel a little bit scared about his chances? What should our listeners Uh, be looking out for? Because as far as I'm concerned, you're the new expert and John Kimball can, can go kick rocks. The new ki- logging off. The new the new king has arrived. I'm literally I'm talking to you like an eight, magic eight ball right now. <laughs> Whatever you say <laughs> determines the outcome of this. This is no longer like tips for predicted. This is what is the, what will the future hold? Right. So what should we be looking for? What should we be looking for? I think we should be looking for making sure that Trump looks like an extra idiot with the coronavirus and not creating a rally around the flag effect of the coronavirus, which can happen when there's a crisis so also we should be looking what would make me optimistic if is if trump tries to do something stupid like reopen uh, you know us from quarantine early and then get everyone 10 times sicker and uh you know i don't really like to play events into my favor which are bad because that seems a little immoral but you know of course you have to keep in keeping track like what the death poll from corona is and any more exit polls from primaries that show like an increase in you know white working class voters voting for biden okay but all those things are external factors that biden can't control are there any policies or positions that you think biden should come out with that would increase his chances or do you think it's all just completely coming down to just two old men which one do you like better uh i think yeah partially that but i also do think that just a tip for joe biden is that he needs to distinguish some of his policies because a lot of his policies right now are just like yeah i'm gonna do the obama thing that he was doing before you know so he needs to distinguish himself and his policies and actually make them clear bernie and warren's policies were very like exact and like very like uh 
thought out and planned. I think his policies obviously would do good stuff, but they're not as planned, so you don't exactly know what's going to happen. Do you think it's enough for him to win if he just rides on the anti-Trump platform, which is basically what people are saying? Do you think mm-hmm. that's enough to take it? It's a, it's like 75% of the job, I think. But also, that's kind of what... that's It just creates a very uninspiring situation. You need to try to... I wish I could combine Joe... Like, uh, Pete Buttigieg's articulate... Like, how articulate he is with uh, Joe Biden's, like, policies and his uh, popularity. And I just wish... I, yeah, I just wish I could upgrade, like, how articulate he was. And... Because you need to kind of create a coalition like Obama did where it's basically everyone in the Democratic Party is excited to vote for you, but I don't think that's going to happen. If Joe Biden was a food, what food would he be? Oh, God. Um, what food would he be? I have no ideas. What do you What do you think? I mean... Oh, I don't know. It's depressing to think about. I guess a p- potatoes. I mean, exactly. It would have to be starchy. Yeah, it's starchy. Def- starchy carbs. Yeah. Not colorful. No. Potatoes, white Oat, rice, solid, maybe oatmeal. Oatmeal, safe. oh yeah, solid, centrist, yeah, soft. Ask your doctor if oatmeal is right for you. Will, you. will you canvas? Will I canvas? It depends. It depends. Uh, New York, like New York, is a safe state. Um, right now, I'm really trying to get my parents to vote for uh, Joe Biden when the New York primary comes comes along. But my dad's leaning towards Bernie, and my mom is uh, leaning towards Biden right now. But I think I'll I think I'll convince him to vote for Biden. Keep working on him. Wait, your mom's going to vote for Biden over Bernie? Yeah, I think so. Is she mad at Bernie's supporters and the Elizabeth Warren stuff? Is that why? Yeah, I don't think she likes Bernie bros. I, I just think that she dislikes them. I think if it was just Bernie, like just alone, I think she'd vote for him. But I think just that whole like the kind of a, almost the like cult, like cult of supporters your family is like a microcosm <laughs> of the Democratic Party right now. And your sister, how old is your sister now? She is turning 16 in May. And who's her preference? She doesn't really pay attention to politics. Uh, I think she kind of, she gets easily like tilted. Like she saw Andrew Yang started like a TikTok account <laughs> and she so saw him. So she's like, so, so she like perfect. likes him. Yeah. Beckett, what are some of your favorite memories of me from when I used to live in your town? Uh, oh, God. Uh, playing Earthbound with you. Yeah. That was amazing. That was fun. That was an amazing video. Yeah. Game. That was amazing. Uh, just coming over all the time. That was really fun. That's that's probably the main thing. Eating all of our leftovers. That's right. The cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you want to say to John as long as you have him on the line here and you don't have to steal your dad's phone in order to communicate with him? Is there anything I want to talk to John about? Uh, do you think Arizona will flip? Yeah, I think it's 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 likely. Yeah, yeah, I, think, I, I, um, I do think. What do you think about Georgia? Georgia, I, I feel like if if he focuses all of his all of his funds and his like campaigning energy, which is a real factor because he's older, he doesn't have infinite energy. Uh, I think if he focuses, yeah, he could win Florida, Georgia, kind of the deep South North Carolina. But I think that wouldn't be smart for him. I think he should focus his funds on. Honestly, I'm okay if if the the, the GOP holds North Carolina, Georgia, Florida. Right now, we just need to take Michigan, Pennsylvania, which are looking good, and Wisconsin and Arizona are probably the biggest states you need to focus on right now. Let me ask you, what do you think the chances are that? Biden wins in a landslide. Landslide? Depends yeah, how like that... He, like, like he wins Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina. I don't right. know about Texas, but, you know. Yeah, it starts getting close. Like, maybe close there. Like, yeah. Uh, God, I don't think they're high, but I think it's a possible maybe 5-10% just if... Trump like does a worse job than what he's already doing with the coronavirus and he does like and like you know like a very big economies like Florida's and you know other swing states get really affected like blue collar workers will their 401k will be doing horrible and then right. Wall Street will get on Biden's side I think that's how it works but I don't think the yeah. chances are high yeah I agree with you there I don't think it's high too but I do think it is a possibility and it is that would be awesome wouldn't it 
Yeah, it would be. What do you think the chances are Trump wins in a landslide? Not good. I, but I think Trump has a decent chance to win, but not yeah, in a landslide. I, no, that would be a predicted bet that I would take over and over that that Trump wouldn't win in a landslide. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be really close. I think uh, the Electoral College will basically be, I think Joe Biden will win the popular vote. And I think the Electoral College will come down to Wisconsin or Arizona. I think those are basically the states that will decide the whole election. Well, we'll have to find out in a few months. We'll have to check back. I think you might be right. Yes, hopefully I'm right, because I think those are trending slightly blue, but I would just like him to win everything. Beckett, that was amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Um, Really appreciate you coming on. I know that that it's not always easy for young Biden supporters to wear their freak flag, but we're glad that you waved it here with us today. So Mm -hmm. thank you. And I've never seen John Kimball happier than I do this morning. And that meant a lot. So thank you for, for sharing your insights with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, having me on the show. Our pleasure. First ever guest, right? You can put that when you're applying to college, you can put that at the top of your, uh, Top of your CV. Yep. I was the first ever guest on season two of my dad's friend's podcast. <laughs> wow. When you put it like that, it doesn't sound quite as momentous as it was in my mind. But uh, yeah, all right. We'll take it. We'll take it. John Kimball, what is your bet of the week? My bet of the week is that Bernie drops out by 420. Starley, there's a hot new market that I think you're interested in. Will Bernie Sanders drop out before April 20th? Could this be Starley Kine's bet of the week? Uh, I do not think he will drop out before April 20th. That position is going to cost you 80 cents. Are you going to buy it? That's a pretty good Uh, return. Yeah, I'm pretty spend happy during this crisis. So, yes, I will. We all love spending money. It's the only thing that makes (laughs) us feel alive. Why not spend it on no 80 cents? Will Bernie Sanders drop out before April 20th? He is definitely not dropping out in April. John, yes, 22 cents. I don't think I'm risking that much buying in. I'm risking $20. I'm ahead right now. I'm up, you know, about 500 bucks. So I, I think I can risk buying into this. And Beckett, I have a question for you. Who do you think Joe Biden is going to pick as his, assuming he gets the nomination, Mm -hmm. is going to pick as his vice president? That is a tough question. In my eyes, I, for some reason, I feel like I'm leaning towards uh, Klobuchar as the, as the (laughs) vice president. (laughs) Don't tell me you like Klobuchar. (laughs) Do you want that? Is that who you want or you think he's going to pick? I think I think he'll gonna pick Klobuchar, but Kamala Harris is a close second for me. Just in my eyes, no, in, I, I'm in no means am I like a big Klobuchar fan, but in my eyes, I think she probably provides the best the best uh, benefits for him just because she's from the Midwest. But as she stated many times, um, but I think Kamala Harris could work. Well, I don't really see the big electoral college advantage. She could get grilled on her uh, past as a prosecutor because you know people tend not to like prosecutors as much as like and she's from california which biden yeah is this on the other hand beckett kamala harris is leading on predicted trading at 26 cents with your girlfriend amy klobuchar (laughs) in second place at 22 third place yeah obviously this is a name that probably wasn't even on the list a month ago is gretchen whitmer other otherwise Mm -hmm. known as that lady the lady governor of michigan and then in fourth mm-hmm. place is Stacey Abrams. Um, yeah. So where should I put my money? Because as far as I'm concerned, you do as good a job as any pundit I've ever heard on TV or radio. So what do I do? Uh, buy buy Klobuchar at... Uh, this is going to be a rough one. Buy Klobuchar at 22 cents? Yeah, but don't go... I would say I would say yes, go in a little bit. You can maybe sell for higher later on. Right but away. I think... Right away, but don't go like full in. Don't put more than like maybe fifty dollars, hundred dollars in, just because. Oh, don't worry, Becca. Right. I, don't worry about that. <laughs> Ooh, no, we're good. Yeah. we're good. It's a, it's a really unclear right now what's going to happen. I don't know if more information will surface, but right now I feel like the edge has to go to Klobuchar. Beckett, I'm doing it. Thank you for your advice. I am buying forty shares of Amy Klobuchar being. Joe Biden's vice presidential pick, and I can't wait to hop off this board because I do not get a good feeling from Amy Klobuchar. You don't? No, I don't. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm not a huge I'm not a huge uh, fan of hers either, but I don't I don't necessarily dislike her either. Fair enough. Thank you for your advice, Beckett. You're very welcome. Guys, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Election Profit Makers. We'll be back next week with more bets on current events. We hope that you are all uh, staying healthy and staying safe and looking after yourselves and looking after each other. I mean, what else is to say? It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I hope everyone's hair is doing well. Fellas, grow those mustaches. Grow your plague defiance mustache. Hang in there. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. That is the only way you will see John Kimball's handcrafted animated gifts of the Charlotte skyline. They are a sight to behold. You can send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. <laughs>